And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's an adult Western episode of Gunsmoke from 1956. But it's time now for Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Queen songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener named Jason and I will try to name that tune, right, Lisa? That's right. We've got Jason on the phone. Jason, we want to welcome you to Hollywood 360. Hey, you guys. Hi, Jason. How's it going? Good, just hanging out on September 11th weekend, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, you're calling from uh, years. Portland, Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yep, Oregon. Oregon. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, are you a Queen fan? Um, as much as the next guy, I All suppose. All right, All I'm right. pretty good at name that tune, though. You I just have probably... to be a little bit better than Carl, which no, is, that you won't know. be hard. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you. I hope I don't freeze up. <laughs> no, you won't. All right, these are all very well-recognized uh, Queen songs. And we're going to start with the first one. As soon as you know the title of the song, just yell it out. Uh, the first song is from 1977. I paid my dues. Bohemian Rhapsody. Nope. Uh, Killer Queen. <laughs> you guys, no. Uh, you just That's it? Name off a couple other Queen um, songs. I don't know. I mean, I know the song. I just can't remember the name. This was written by Freddie Mercury. This is a very recognizable anthem. anthem. We are the winners. We are the losers. We are the winners. We are the losers. We are the winners. We are the We are the losers. We are the champions. We are the champions. You got it. Who we got the, it? Did you, I get it? You did. We are the losers, we are the winners, and we are the champions. We are the something. Um, this was on the album called News of the World, of course, written by Freddie Mercury. And uh, what a huge anthem. Great song. We are the champions. Who sings better? I did that one was a tie. <laughs> I didn't hear you I say it. Did tie. you say it? Yeah, he was saying I it also. I didn't hear you. Jason and I were yeah, yelling at the same time. We're tied. All right. I didn't hear it. I I didn't hear anything. We have similar voices, I think. That's right. I, well, I think Carl was just yelling in my ear it because he got so excited. We're tied up with a sailor All right, knot. We're going to leave knot. that one. <laughs> we're going to leave that one alone. We're tied. All right. Here's the next one. Uh, this came out in 1974. She keeps away Killer Queen. There it is. Oh, man. <laughs> that is also written by Freddie Mercury and on their album called Cheer Heart Attack. And this was their first U.S. hit, reached number 12 on the charts. Wow. I guess he dropped the hands on that one. Yeah. Yep. Killa Queen. All right, Jason's up, two to one. 
Uh, we've only so done do two, Carl. Yeah, but I, we got ties, so we each got one. Oh, you're on the both. First one. You both got the first one. Yeah, gotcha. we tied. Okay, okay. All right. Next song, 1976. <laughs> Again, written by Freddie Mercury. Take a look. <laughs> no. I don't know. I have no idea. It's coming right here, guys. Somebody to love. Somebody to love. Somebody to love. Somebody to love. Yeah, this, uh, we... No. Nope. This debuted on the band's 1976 album called A Day at the Races. Hmm. I didn't have that album, but I know this song. Jason, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie? Jason, did you what? see? Did you, did you see, the, see movie? the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? Uh, no, ma'am, I did not. Okay, that's a good one. All right, well, good song. Okay. We'll give that to Noah. Next song, uh, big song, came out in 1975 on the album A Night at the Opera, the best of the best. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> you knew it was coming eventually. <laughs> it's almost not fair. It's almost not fair. This song is six minutes long. Reality. So we're going to listen to the whole thing yeah, twice. Right. We're just going to keep looping it here. It was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yep. I'm just. And uh, Freddie Mercury's performance was chosen as the greatest in rock history by uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Isn't it great in the movie when he when they go to play this for the producer mm-hmm. and it's Mike Myers yeah. and Mike Myers is yeah. like, no, I don't want this to be six minutes long. And they're yep. like, well, we're going to make it six minutes. Yep. Too bad. And he's like, no, Mike Myers is great in that. That's a good scene. All right, well, Mama. here we go. You ready to move on? Okay. All right, next song, 1977. We are the champions. We did that one already. <laughs> we, will we will rock you. We will rock you. I think we're tied. Uh, we're tied. I'm not counting that one. That was written by Brian May on the album News of the World in 2009. Also, Inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Rock you. Let's hear it, guys. We will, we will rock you. I think Jason and I have uh, very similar. Tone, tone in to your our voice. voice. Yeah, that's why. That way, Jason can, you know, could sub for me. Yeah, once you in can fill in any time, Jason. To, love to have you. <laughs> fly in and, and and host the show, Jason, because you sound well, just, we sound alike. Yeah, I could. We're sound. <laughs> we're sound alike. What are you doing next week? We're sound alikes. <laughs> when I, I go like to inherit the, inherit the show from you someday. <laughs> you oh. got it. You got it. I'm in line as well. Um, so we've got we've got one more song, uh, Jason. Oh, I'm counting on up. you. We're tied up here. Yep, I'm counting on you. This goes back to 1980. Let's hear it. Everyone bites the dust. There it is. Oh my goodness, that was that fast. Was fast. This was written by John Deacon, and it was on the album called The Game. 
huge worldwide hit, top of the charts for three weeks in 1980. What's that? Say that again. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, That's a great song. That's you a got classic. It. Yeah. Well, these are all classics, so I only choose the good ones. That's what I always tell Carl. Right. Well, guess what, Jason? You named more tunes than <laughs> I did, which means you are the winner. And I'm going to send you... Oh, my you, God. Yeah. I am jumping up and down. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> won. I'm going to send you a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, buddy? That's incredible. Yeah. My pleasure. And I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And, thanks so much for uh, yeah, calling call in. Yeah, call back again. You're a great player. Appreciate you. have to you. listen to some Queen tonight. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I need to brush up on it. A little <laughs> That's <bit>. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much. You're welcome. When we come back, it is uh, William Conrad starring as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on an adult Western episode of Gunsmoke. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Look what I have, Lisa. Oh, the newest edition, yeah, of Good Old Days. I have that as well. It's the September October issue, Good Old Days magazine. Ah, oh, man. I love when I get this in the mail. It's like, all right. And I just uh, go right to my article. I'm sure you do. And you reread it and reread it. I go right to my article, uh, whatever page. Look at your name in print. See my name in lights there because I I write an article every issue of Good Old Days magazine. And uh, they skipped it this time. Where is it? Yeah. I know it's here somewhere. Oh, here it is. Okay. It's on page, I don't have my glasses, but it's on page 45. (laughs) 45. And uh, I wrote about the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Basil Rathbone or Basil, either one. I don't know. Whatever. he. What do you think? Basil or Basil? Rathbone, Nigel Bruce. I vote um, for Basil. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's detective genius Sherlock Holmes came to NBC Radio in 1930 and blah, 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 blah. And You're not so, going to read the whole thing to us aloud? No. And then it says, special editor's note. You can receive your free 30-minute classic radio episode by going to a special code website here you know you go there and you're able to digitally download whatever radio show i'm writing about so that's just one of the many many things you get when you subscribe to good old days magazine super great magazine kathy lynch is the editor she's amazing we have her on uh, quite often here on hollywood 360 to talk about but this uh, particular uh, issue just came out and it's published six times a year eight and a half by eleven a uh, very amazing, uh, m- amazing magazine. I mean, if you're a fan of classic radio and our show and the things we talk about, movies and nostalgia and music and all that, then this is the magazine for you. I mean, it is good old days. It so uh, really, we all reminisce. It really is. And they have a special offer for our listeners. It's only for our listeners. You log on to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Go there and then scroll down a little bit. There's a big banner for good old days. Click that. Takes you to a special page that is set up for our listeners only. And you can get a two-year subscription, 12 issues, two full years, regularly $71.88. 
for only $18. So that is a great offer. That's 75% off. Plus, they'll also send you a free gift when you sign up. So it's really win, win, win. You'll love the magazine. And we get tons and tons of uh, emails from people that they say, oh, my gosh, thank you for telling us about good. They didn't know about good old days. It's also a really nice gift because it's something that people continue to get throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. Get a two-year subscription, only $18. You'll get 12 issues, uh, one every other month. Uh, I know you'll love it. Go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Click the Good Old Days banner and then sign up and get your magazine. I promise you'll love it. All right, we're going to listen now to literally the greatest adult Western series of all time, both on radio and TV, Gunsmoke. William Conrad played U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on radio. Of course, on TV was a completely different cast. James Arness was uh, Dillon on television. The TV show, Lisa, ranked number one from 1957 until 1961. For a Western to be ranked the number one TV show tells you how great this series was. These were stories in and around Dodge City, Kansas in the mid to late 1800s. And U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon kept the peace, kept the law and order. Great series. This is a, uh, a broadcast from September 16, 1956. It's called Thick and Thin. Thick and Thin stars William Conrad. Here is part one now of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America. And the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job. And it makes a man watchful. And a little lonely. Now, if that sure don't beat all... What's the matter, Chester? Odie Perkins, coming down the street there with a mat on so thick you can feel it right through the window. Oh? Odie's not a man to get tempered easy. Well, he sure is now, Mr. Dillon. He's a doggone riled. He's leaving a blue streak behind him. It's a gospel truth, look. That can't be anything serious. Marshal Dillon. Ah, morning, Odie. Marshal... I'm here to call on the power and protection of the law in all its majesty and might. Uh, well, that's a pretty tall order, Odie. You got some reason for needing the law? Reason? I got reasons that go back as far as 15 years. 
Marshal, I want to swear out a complaint, uh, an injunction, a bench warrant, whatever it is it takes to get a certain low-life scum evicted from the premises, run out of Dodge, banished from the territory, and horsewhipped to boot if you can work it in somehow. Uh, well, uh, what's a certain person done, Ode, to deserve that kind of attention? It ain't what he's done as much as what he is, and I ought to note it along before this, but he sure had me fooled. Uh, you're not by any chance talking I'm about... talking about Brace McCoy, that's who I'm talking about. And I even hate to let his sneaking name soil my lips. Yeah, but, Odie, you and Brace have been partners as long as I can remember. Oh, not no more. We ain't not since this morning. Marshal, I want him thrown clean off the place. Now, wait a second, Odie. As I recall, you boys took up that homestead as joint tenants, huh? Brace has got as much right there as you have. Well, Marshal! Uh, yeah, come in, Brace. Uh, we were... Just talking about it. I want to get a fella's throat off of my property, Marshal, and that's a fact. You're referring to Holy Perkins here, That's huh? a fella, Marshal, but him and me ain't speaking, and that's a fact. You're gall darn tootin', we ain't. Not now nor never. I'll sign the papers now if you'll just read them up. I'll remind you, Marshal, I come here first. Fixing papers for Odie wouldn't be no use, no how. Little Varmint can't write, and that's a fact. I can make as good an X as you can. I mean, he can. Now, wait a minute. Just look I... at him, Marshal. He ought to be ashamed of himself. A great, big, blubber mouth that outweighs me twice again. And he comes in here sniveling for the law to help him out. Just he a minute. He keeps me, and I'm going to whop him good, and that's a fact. Not while I'm wearing this here six-gun. You ain't going to whop nobody. I mean, he Will ain't li- going to. Will you shut up, both of you? Now, who started all this ruckus? It's personal, Marshal. Me, I'd rather not say. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's just fine. For 15 years, you've ridden together, finally took up land together, and all of a sudden, you start sidling around with your hackles up, ready to throw lead at one another. And you won't even say why, huh? I'm just getting particular who I live with is all. I want him out of my house, Marshal. Now, get this straight, both of you. You own that farm jointly, and I got no legal reason to throw either one of you off. So until you settle your differences or sell out, you're going to make the best of it. I already offered to buy him out. I ain't budging, and that's a fact. All right, if you can't settle it yourselves, I'll settle it for you. Chester. Yes, sir. Will you hand me those cards over there? Yes, sir. Here you are, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Now, as I recall, you've got a fair to Midland house out there and a mighty good barn. Until you sell, you've got to stay on the place to take care of the stock. All right. Now, one of you lives in the house and the other one in the barn, and you'll leave each other alone. Is that completely clear? All right, Brace, you cut first. High card takes his choice. Well, all right. Ten. That's good. <laughs> Ain't as good as a queen. All right, what's your choice, Odie? The barn. It smells better than McCoy. Odie, you come around my house, and I'll break you in half. That's a fact. Step one foot in my barn, I'll blast you full of holes. Now, remember what I told you, both of you. You leave each other alone. Guess I better get back out to my house. Good day. I'll be going to my barn now, Marshal. Much obliged. Why don't you stand in the breeze a little while, Odie? You might cool off a little. Uh... Well, I declare... If that don't beat all. I guess it ain't nothing serious, so. It's not like him, Chester. I'm afraid it is serious. I just hope it don't get more so.
You know, we're listening to Gunsmoke. There's never been a time I've listened to uh, that I've listened to a Gunsmoke episode and not enjoyed it and thought it was great. You just thought it was so realistic and just every, the acting was amazing. Just top notch, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, I read a lot about, you know, this show. It came later in radio's life, right? It came in, the, in, I think, 1952 it started. So they were able to record these. These are all done, you know, they weren't live. Yeah. So what they would do is sort of what we're doing for Radio Rarities. They would get together once a month and knock out four episodes. And so they were there for like, you know, the whole day. And they would, you know, it was the same, the same regulars, you know, of course, William Conrad, Harley Bear was Deputy Chester Proudfoot, Howard McNear was, uh, you know, uh, Doc Adams and... They had uh, all the, you know, all of the regulars. And then they would bring in, like, the supporting characters, and they would give them different parts in the all four of the of the other, you know, all four of the scripts. And they would literally, there was no music. that was all added later. All the sound effects was added, you know, kind of later. And they would just knock them out. They would just, <laughs> and, but you had that cohesiveness. You know, you had that familiarity because they were always working together and, and just putting out a tremendous product. And that's what we're getting to hear now, the finished, you know, the finished product with not only Gunsmoke, but with Radio Rarities, too, right? Um, Thick and Thin is the name of this episode. September 16th, 1956 was the broadcast date. Of course, they recorded it uh, sometime earlier than that. We'll get back to Gunsmoke and Hollywood 360 in a flash. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across uh, 100-plus radio stations, coast to coast. And uh, pretty excited. We picked up a uh, a new gigantic 100,000-watt station. Um, it's actually a dual station. Um, we'll talk about it when they go on live. But it's, uh, an, it's a 5,000-watt AM and a... 100,000 watt FM station and I think they can be heard in five or six states and they're uh, in the Omaha, Nebraska market. Very excited to start on that radio station very soon but we're always picking up stations. Super excited about that. Always talking to more and more people and uh, our uh, show is also heard on American Forces Radio all over the globe. 168 countries can hear uh, Hollywood 360. It's quite an honor 
to be able to uh, come here every single week and broadcast our five-hour show. And if you don't get the full five-hour show, that's a bummer. I mean, you know, there's a lot of radio stations that don't carry the full five hours. This is a syndicated radio show. Just like in the golden age of radio, there was a lot of syndicated radio shows. Ours is not on a network. It's on a syndication, which means stations can carry one hour all the way through five hours. Some stations carry more than five hours because they repeat it, and we really love that. But um, there are a lot of our stations carry the full five hours and then even some extra hours. But most, I'm sorry to say, don't carry the full five-hour show. If you're in an area that is not receiving the full five-hour show, I hope you'll consider signing up for our podcast. And what that means is you're going to be sent every second of the show. The full five-hour show is sent to you via email every Monday. And we also add our new podcast to that, Radio Rarities, that Lisa and I co-host. Mike produces it. Carl Shadow writes it. And we take a uh, very unique classic radio show and talk all about it and play it for you on that show as well. That's tacked on to the end of the five-hour Hollywood 360 podcast. So the links never expire. And uh, automatically you're sent them uh, both shows every single Monday. It is super, super convenient because you can always listen to our show. You can go back and listen to past shows. Just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website is how you can sign up for Hollywood 360, and you get Radio Rarities as part of that as well. So if you haven't already done that, I hope you'll do that uh, right away. You don't want to miss Hollywood 360. Okay, we're listening to Gunsmoke. This is called Thick and Thin September 16th, 1956. Here's the conclusion. sound like a singing chief of the Cherokees. <laughs> no, Kiowas. That's her tribe. Whose tribe? Summer Dove. She spent the afternoon helping me sew costumes. Summer Dove? Huh? You remember her, Matt. She's that Indian girl who left the reservation last spring and came into town to work for Ma Smalley at the boarding house. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. I remember. She's a good seamstress. A real good cook, too, I hear. Huh? Yeah, she's sort of lost since Ma Smalley went back east. Look, she did most of the work on this costume. You like it? Uh, well, it doesn't look like that one took much sewing, Kitty. <laughs> this is the kind where the sewing's important. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess a lot depends on it. Huh? <laughs> uh, how about having a drink with me, huh? Well, I've tasted the morning wind from the south, and my heart beats the lark song. Uh, uh, what's that? <laughs> it means I'll have a drink with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, wait a minute, Kitty. Matt? Yeah, what's the matter, Doc? Well, man, I just drove in from up towards the flat. 
and I passed the McCoy Perkins farm on the way. Yeah? You better get out there, man, before those two kill each other. Uh, what do you mean? Why, they got a confounded war going on. One of them's barricaded in the barn, the other's holed up in the house. And they're firing bullets back and forth so fast, it sounds like the Battle of Shiloh. Oh. Uh, now, I haven't heard from them for three days. I was hoping maybe they'd cooled off by now. Cooled off? It didn't sound very cool when I came by. Ah, uh, Kitty, it looks like you'll have to stretch out that lark song a little, huh? <laughs> it's all right, man. Okay. Some other time. Budging, Mr. Dillon, I never realized it was so far out here. Doc wasn't putting on none about it. Doggone if it don't sound like Shiloh. The blame fools should think they were old enough to have better sense. Now that's just too doggone close for comfort. I'll comfort them. Rain up, Chester. Oh. Oh. Odie! Brace! Matt Dillon, hold your fire, both of you! All right, come on, Chester. Let's go over to the barn first. You in there? You're darn tootin' I am, Marshal. That big hunk of buzzard bait ain't about to dislodge me, neither. I am, though. I'll give you just five seconds to get that door open and come out here. Now, wait, Marshal. You hurt me, Odie. Okay. I wasn't the one that started. Chester, take his gun and keep him covered. Yes, sir, I sure will, Mr. Dunn. My goodness, Brace. What do you want? You gonna open that door or you want me to shoot it open? Now, Marshal, I'll open it. Ain't no call to get all angered up, and that's a fact. All right, I'll take your gun, Brace, and that's a fact. Here, give it to me. All right, come on out here. I was only defending myself, Marshal. That scrawny little weasel started it all. Marshal, don't you believe nothing Brace says? He was born alive. Shut up, buddy. Well, I guess the only thing to do is to see if you two can manage to get along in separate jail cells. I'm putting you both under arrest for disturbing the peace. Oh, now, wait just a minute. What do you mean? Ain't nobody around here, Marshal. Whose peace we disturb? Mine. Oh, come on, let's go. tied up there, Mr. Dillon. Must be waiting for us in the office. Yeah. Oh, good morning, Matt. Morning, Doc. Hey, Chester. Hello, Doc. 
Well, I've got an hour to kill, Matt. Just time to beat the socks off of you in a game of chess. <laughs> Board's all set up and... Well, good, Doc. Uh, let me take a look at my prisoners first, huh? Who is it, Matt? Odie Perkins and Brace McCoy. Is that so? Yeah, I'll be right back. Oh, morning, boys. Uh, Marshal. Well, how about it? You about ready to stop feuding? Sure. If Brace will get himself off my property, I will. I ain't even to budge, Marshal, and that's a fact. You kind of like it here, huh? Man can't go back on his principles, Marshal. He ain't got no more principles than a hungry coyote. All right, that's enough. You act like a couple of wet roosters. You can't even remember what the whole thing started about. I remember I. I'll tell you what it started about, Marshal. It started because Brace didn't figure I was fancying his vittles up enough to suit him. For a whole week, Marshal, he didn't fix nothing but flapjacks in the morning and how many grits at night. With side meat in them. Weren't side meat. It was sour belly and it weren't fit to eat. You know what he done, Marshal, when I put them grits on the table? He throwed them on the floor and tromped all over them with his boots on. That's all he was fitting for. I wouldn't throw vittles like that to the hall. I seen many a day you'd be glad for. Now, it. wait a minute. Is this the truth? Is this what this whole thing's all about? Well, it's what's... It started about. But it ain't what it's about now. Not anymore, it ain't, Marshal. No, sir. It's a lot more than that now. I come to realize I've been keeping a viper in my bosom. You can be mighty mistaken about a man, Marshal, and that's a fact. Yeah. But you two thought well of each other for years. Now, it seems to me a friendship like that ought to last over at least one fool argument. Brace McCoy ain't no friend of mine, not no more, he ain't. Once I get out of this cell, I'm gonna whop that little gopher to an inch of his life. Right across the sights of my gun, that's how I want to feel. All right, boys, all right, just settle back. Looks like you're gonna have plenty of time to think up names to call each other. Marshal. Yeah? How long you aim to keep us in this miserable old jailhouse? Well, you got some sense. Or die of old age. Uh, how are they making out, man? Oh, like a pair of tomcats, Doc. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I can't keep them locked up forever. For two nice fellows like them, they sure did turn mean awful sudden. Mm, if you ask me, they're both probably aching to make up. Yeah. I've been thinking along those same lines, Doc. Seems to me they could have killed each other out there on the farm if they'd really been trying to. Of course they could. Why, they must have fired over a hundred rounds at each other. Yeah, but if I let them out, they'll either kill each other by accident or kill somebody else. Unless they could... Yeah. Uh, Chester. Yes, sir? There's an Indian woman named Summer Dove somewhere around town. Kitty can tell you where she is. Go find her and get her over here as soon as you can, will you? All right, Mr. Dillon. <laughs> This is Summer Dove. Uh, these are the two men I was telling you about, Summer Dove. The short, skinny one is Odie Perkins, and the fat one's Brace McCoy. How do? Howdy, Miss Dove. Proud to know you, man. Summer Dove's one of the best cooks in Ford County, boys. Ma Smalley taught her, huh? So? Now she needs a place to live. She'll work for her keep. What are you getting at, Marshal? Well, you boys got a place out there that you're not using, that lean-to against the barn. It might be fixed up pretty comfortable. Like I said, Summer Dove's a mighty fine cook. All right. I'd be proud to hire on Miss Summer Dove, Marshal. 
Providing you fix it to keep that ornery sidewinder away from my property. I'll sidewinder you. Grace, you come within 20 yards of me, you better come a shoot. All right, boys, hold it. Well, Summer Dove, these are the two men I thought you might like to work for, or, or one of them, more likely. One man, two men, makes no difference. All right. Uh, you wait out in the office for me, will you? Me go. Yeah. Boys, if you can't come to any agreement, it looks like there's only one way to settle this. What do you got there, Marshal? Your guns. I figure you couldn't kill each other out there at the farm because you had too much cover, but here it's different. What are you doing, Marshal? I'm putting your guns on the floor of your cells, but neither one of you touch them now till I'm out of here. Oh, now, wait just a minute. I don't like this, Marshal, and that's a fact. There's nothing between you now but an eight-foot corridor and open bars. Now, you get it settled, boys, one way or the other. I'll be in my office. I think that'll do it. Oh. Mate, Doc. Doggone you, man. Oh, that was a <laughs> sneaky move. Yes, it was, if I ever saw yeah, one. Yeah, it was. Oh. I swear I can't get over it, Mr. Dillon. Odie and Brace walking out of here that way, arm in arm, like there hadn't never been no crossword between them. Well, it's like Doc said, Chester. They were anxious enough to make up. All they needed was a push. Well, you sure did take a big chance, though, giving them their guns back. Ah, they didn't want to kill each other. Somebody just had to make them realize it, that's all. I wasn't taking much chance. <laughs> he sure wasn't, Chester. Not the way he did it. Uh, Chester, you can ride out there tomorrow and take these guns to him, if you will, and uh, see if Summer Dove's got herself settled down, huh? All right, Mr. John. Um, what do you mean, Doc? Not the way he did it. Just that, Chester. Matt doesn't take any chances. You don't call that taking a chance when they might have killed each other? Not with the blanks he made and putting their guns. The blanks? He made blanks? Sure, like those actors use on the stage. What? Oh, of course, I figured what he was up to. He didn't fool me any. Well, you sure fooled me, Mr. Dillon. I was sitting here on pins and needles just waiting for the sound of death. Oh, you're an easy mark, Chester. <laughs> you know, Doc, I was... Uh... Pretty sure about those fellas all the time. You were? Yeah. Uh, you see that whiskey bottle out there? Of course I see it. Why? Blanks, Doc. <laughs> In a moment, our star, William Conrad. The world may indeed be shrinking, and people abroad are next-door neighbors, but there's still a lot of misconception and confusion on both sides of the ocean between these new neighbors. It's the kind of misconception and confusion that's cleared up best of all by personal contact, the contact of letters, for instance. There are many men and women abroad who realize they get a false impression of our country from local sources. They are eager to be in correspondence with individuals in this country. 
They're sure that in the easy give and take of letters, they'd find out what Americans are really like, how they really work and live. If you're interested in writing to one of those Europeans, send your name with a stamped, self-addressed envelope to Letters Abroad, 45 East 65th Street, New York, New York. That's Letters Abroad, 45 East 65th Street, New York, New York. Include information about your age, occupation, and interests to help toward the selection of a suitable correspondent for you. And now, William Conrad. You know, there weren't too many formal burials on the frontier. Usually the dead man was just wrapped in his saddle blanket and laid away on Boot Hill. However, next week, Dodge City watches a formal burial while the coffin contains nothing but rocks. And that was the West. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. The script was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with editorial supervision by John Meston. The music was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Ray Kemper and Bill James. Featured in the cast were Vic Perrin, Barney Phillips, and Peggy Ray. Barley Bear is Chester, Howard McNair is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story on Gunsmoke. All right, that is Gunsmoke, a terrific Western series. That broadcast, Thick and Thin, uh, aired September 16, 1956. William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. And what they would do, Lisa, is um, many, many times they would take the same script from radio. They would adapt it for TV. Now, you had to kind of rewrite it, but it was the same story. This particular um September 16, 1956, radio episode aired on television a couple of years later, December 26, 1959. So, um, you know, they were working hand-in-hand, hand, the radio side and the TV side. They were both on CBS. You had the radio show on CBS Radio and the TV show on, on CBS Television. But um, it was smart to take the same script. Why not? I mean, it was a great work on radio. It would work on television as well. Hope you enjoyed Gunsmoke. Time for this month in music history. And we are going back to the 1940s with this song. He was a famous trumpet man from our Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. Yugi Wugga Booga Booga Boy. Yeah, sort of. Yugi Woogie. Yugi Woogie. The... This is a bad, bad quality. You know, it was very record. difficult to find 1940s really? songs in very good quality. Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. There it is, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, introduced by the Andrews Sisters. Yeah. In Abbott and Costello film called Buck Privates in 1941. Really? And this recording reached number six on the pop charts as well. 1941. 1941. Huh? The year we entered the war. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's the uh, Andrew sisters there, mm -hmm. huh? Yep. Boogie, woogie, bugle, boy. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. When we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360, so stick around.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Ah, oh, Lisa Wolf, you <laughs> crack me up, let me tell you. We do have fun. Uh, in our next hour, it's the life of Riley. William Bendix as Chester A. Riley in a 1947 broadcast. Uh, those are hilarious. And then we're going to play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. That's right. And we had such a, a great response to Bad Songs that I went with Bad Songs Part 2. More Bad More Songs? More Bad Songs. Oh. So then again, maybe Bad Song to me is not a bad song to you. So we can uh, decide if it's a bad song to everyone or just to me. What song... Oh, it's Tie a Yellow Ribbon, right? You said it was I a bad song. I said it was song. a bad song. You I liked said, it. what? Come yeah. on. Well, so Tie maybe we'll disagree ribbon. again. That's a great song. Yeah, it wasn't on my list of, of good songs, but we'll see how it goes. All right, so we'll stay see tuned. you <laughs> soon. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.